You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Inputs versus outcomes. One of the larger debates around EMRs is whether the system alone will improve care. How will the electronic inputs affect the physician? Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm with Kevin Tolan Shepper, who has worked in the practice management field for nine years. He now leads the product software team at Athena Health, Inc., and is responsible for ensuring that the needs of clients around the country are heard and incorporated into the product. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Kevin, do you think that EMR software alone, alone, can solve the issues facing healthcare today? Software alone will not get you much. There are a number of critical components that go into impacting the quality of care a practice can provide, and more broadly, the issues facing uh, them in the healthcare industry, rising costs, uh, large amounts of data to manage. We see that uh, the other important aspects of success in this business are solid revenue cycle management, which can't be achieved by software alone itself, uh, a practice's willingness to introduce change, and a service-based model to eliminate costly manual processes and technology that uh, typically weigh down businesses in the industry. So what, what kind of issues are companies like yours and others finding when a doctor's group decides to implement an EMR. What, what's, what's happening? Well, we find that, uh, that typically they've uh, either been burned in the past by uh, a bad experience with a, a traditional type of implementation, or we find that they're uh, on the cutting edge of, of adopting new technologies. And so um, we have a, a pretty wide variety of clients, and uh, they're all going to the same place, and, and the same outcome is, is generally achieved, which is uh, an affordable implementation, a successful implementation, uh, successful change and transformation of practice processes, and, and the bottom line, control. They're getting control back in their own practices. You mentioned earlier that software alone will not solve the problem, that the EMR has to be combined with some other tools that will improve revenue. Are, are most of the EMRs out there combined with a practice management side, or is Athena's product unique? Many other products, many other vendors offer practice management and EMR solutions. And to be specific, uh, that's not the right approach. The, the industry is not needing more software for the sake of just having more software. The proper way to think about it is that uh, you want a company that has both a revenue cycle management and a clinical cycle management solution. And again, software can't do that. And, and the other components that I was referring to before are, are what we call knowledge and work. And uh, the knowledge is a critical component. From a billing perspective, providers can't hope that their billing person in the back office who's 15 months away from retirement is going to be able to transfer 40 years of knowledge to the next person. From the same perspective, on the clinical side, you can't expect someone in a medical practice to be responsible for keeping track of uh, constantly changing uh, clinical guidelines, formulary information with uh, thousands of different insurance companies, drug and allergy interactions, those types of, uh, of information uh, are easily managed by a company like ours where we have teams dedicated to managing and updating databases of, of rules, regulations, and, uh, uh, and other information like that. So that kind of knowledge that's baked into the, the ASP product as part of the core service that we provide is instrumental in allowing physicians to focus on their, their patients and know that 
they have the, the tools and the information to back up their decisions. So what was that other ingredient you talked about? You had the knowledge side and you had another side. Thank you. It's work. We've seen that the, the number one problem that distracts practices from doing the thing that they want to do, that they're in business to do, which is take care of patients, is all of the administrative scut work that goes on around the office that has absolutely nothing to do directly with taking care of patients. Let's think about prescription renewals. It's a good example to illustrate this. If a practice doesn't have an EMR, they have someone who retrieves the facts and puts it in a pile for someone in medical records to pull a chart. They pull a chart, attach the facts, and put it on a pile on the nurse's desk. A nurse reviews the request, maybe weeds out obvious situations, and then makes a recommendation and puts that on a pile in the provider's desk. Then that physician takes the chart, reviews the request, maybe reviews the chart, uh, makes a decision, and puts it back on a pile on the nurse's desk. The nurse updates the chart, maybe calls the prescription in, and gives it back to someone to fax. So then they fax it to the pharmacy, put the chart in a pile, and someone in medical records files the chart. But what really was the purpose of that whole process? The patient wanted a renewal of their prescription. And with a software-only EMR, the process doesn't look much different. It's just as cumbersome. Uh, Someone still has to manage the pulling of the facts from the machine, imaging it, uh, doing data entry, assigning it to someone. It's basically turning your medical records department into the EMR department. So you achieve no efficiency and no improvement in care. With Athena Clinicals, we take that scut work out. It's gone. Uh, The practice doesn't see anything to do with that prescription tool until it's time to make a decision. The fax is rerouted to Athena, and we uh, identify the patient, we classify the document, we do data entry, we check formulary information, and it's assigned to the doctor to make an informed decision, and then it's immediately taken over again by Athena to, to transmit to the pharmacy. So what amounts to you know, dozens of steps of work uh, in a normal uh, traditional EMR implementation is, uh, is a very simple one-step process with, with a, a model like ours. You're listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm with Kevin Tolan-Shepper, Director of Clinical Implementation Services at Athena Health, Inc. Kevin, given all the work associated with populating a traditional EMR, with inbound faxes and labs coming in and out, can, can a practice truly go paperless given all the paper that's in healthcare? Well, if you think about it, paper has always been an important part of life in this country, and healthcare is no exception. I don't think that paper is going to go away overnight. And, uh, and once again, a software loan solution is not going to eliminate paper whatsoever. Think about a traditional EMR. It forces a practice to still process lots of paper, either by data entering information and then shredding the paper or scanning the, the, the paper into the EMR. And it's, uh, it's not uncommon to, to visit a practice and uh, have them show you their EMR department, which I really believe is a tragedy because it's just a new name for the group they previously called the medical records department. It's just the same people doing different kinds of useless work. There's a risk component as well. Um, having an EMR doesn't change the fact that uh, you know, the, 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 the stat abnormal mammogram result uh, that was faxed to you came in between the menu from a local restaurant and another offer to lower your mortgage bills. And uh, how often do you think that that mammogram result goes unnoticed? If, uh, if someone's managing paper, that same issue can happen, whether they're scanning the paper or filing it manually into a chart. But with uh, a service like ours, uh, each discrete fax is is automatically itemized and processed so that documents like those cannot be lost. 
you've got the you've got the data entry part going because you've got the actual results coming in and there's nobody pulling these charts anymore. What kind of money is being saved in doctors' offices if they're truly able to get rid of all this scut work? Can they get rid of an entire medical records department? Well, it's it, it's a it's a decision that a practice would need to make. Certainly, the resources that were previously assigned to to managing medical records are free to do something else, and we're seeing a lot of practices using uh, the opportunity of of, of sort of that uh, free labor to either grow or expand their businesses, and so that way they're able to essentially increase their revenue or widen their grip on on their own market without having to uh, uh, have a negative impact on, on the, the people in their market. So that's that's one option for practices. They certainly could choose to eliminate staff, but I think they'd find themselves in a position where they'll need to add staff if they have ambitions of growing their practice. We found that uh, some practices take the opportunity to uh, reallocate those staff to, to new new functions as they've grown. So um, a lot of practices see it as an opportunity to, to, to be more flexible with their business. So return on investment may not necessarily always be a financial benchmark. Well, return on investment traditionally um, and most easily is seen as a, as a financial benchmark. But if you think about it, from a financial perspective, you can either reduce costs or increase revenue. And then there's sort of a, a softer component that, that may be equally important to a practice, uh, which uh, which are things intangible things like quality of life or having dinner with uh, with your family every evening. So I think that there's there's a trade off between those three things. You can't necessarily um, have one without affecting the others. So the practice example you gave, uh, if the practice chooses to reduce costs by eliminating staff, then uh, it may be more difficult for them to increase revenue with the uh, with the providers and staff that they currently have. So again. Uh, depending on the practice's goals, sort of the ROI strategy will change from from bucket to bucket. So it, it brings up an important point when thinking about selecting an EMR, which is for the practice to determine a a vision, uh, really for for that EMR. What what do they want to get out of it? What what are the goals of the business besides the micro goal of implementing new software and potentially new services? Kevin, I know the government recently announced. Uh, a certification process for certain EMR products. Do you see these standards uh, more likely to help doctors adopt EMRs on a broader scale or not making a huge difference? Well, hopefully setting minimum standards will weed out the fakers and, uh, and really help consumers and providers make more educated decisions in the short term. But I think that more globally, we need to make sure that standards are reasonably enforced. I think we've seen the effects in the past of poor enforcement, like with HIPAA transaction standards, and uh, I think we're also in the process of witnessing other inconsistent standards like the National Provider Identifier being rolled out. I think if not managed well, EMR standards will, uh, will just create more problems than they even eliminate. And we also have some emerging trends such as pay-for-performance and consumer-directed health care. What's EMR's impact with those two topics? Well, patients certainly have more data available to them than they ever have before, and insurance companies are starting to play a more significant role in, in their patient selection of a provider. If you think about uh, the HMO panel of providers that uh, insurance companies have often offered, they're now even ranking their providers within those panels. And in some cases, whether the provider uses an EMR uh, is a factor in that ranking. Pay for performance has also started to become a a method of revenue enhancement for early adopters of EMRs. But 
this is a double-edged sword because providers have to realize that these programs will not be long-term financial benefits. It's not as if the pool of money is increased for uh, insurance companies to pay physicians around the country. So as more and more providers adopt technology such as EMRs, there will be more and more providers eligible for these benefits, and the benefits will shrink. I think ultimately uh, an EMR will be a way for a provider to prevent the the, the negative reimbursement tax uh, insurance companies will levy against those who haven't adopted. So pay for performance is is, is a difficult uh, thing to predict, but uh, in the short term for early adopters, it's definitely a, a potential source of revenue. Kevin, anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share today? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, Kevin tolan Shepper. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell. You've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.